Hey y'all, this is Kim Bean and you are listening to All Things Wolf and Wild. So if anyone knows me, they know that my heart and my soul reside in Yellowstone National Park. Um, I've had the pleasure of spending a whole lot of time um, in the park following my favorite wolf packs, hiking and backpacking and doing the things that I love to do uh, throughout the years. And I come across a whole lot of people and they ask me questions about the packs, like my favorite packs, the Hayden Valley Pack and the Canyon Pack and the Wapiti Pack, all um, offsprings of one another. And they ask me, you know, where do these packs originate from? And that's a whole lot of information and a whole lot of storytelling. And don't get me wrong, I love it. And I love to talk about them. But that is a compilation because there's, you know, they derive from different places. So anyway, um, the best part about my conversation today, my guest today, is not only is he a wonderful soul, um, but he has helped put together for all of us what is called the Yellowstone Wolf Family Tree. And it is amazing. It's on Ancestry.com. Leo Leckie. Um, he's been a guide in Yellowstone. Uh, he's a feature writer for um, a page called The 06 Legacy on Facebook. He gives great stories. He writes such amazing stories. He's been a program educator. You know, this guy's just got it. He's so informative. And like I said, he is a historian of wolves. Um, he puts together the best calendar I've ever seen. It's so informative. It's not just a dated calendar with pictures of wolves. It truly is information that will blow your mind, um, and help educate you as well. But Leo just isn't informative. He's also an incredibly kind, generous, and thoughtful storyteller. So here is my conversation with Leo. Hey, Leo, thank you so much for joining me tonight. You have no idea how excited I am to chat with you. Well, thank you very much, Kim. It's my pleasure, and I'm excited to be on here with you. Well, I appreciate it. You know, that's the beauty of having a podcast is that <clears throat> I, can, I can talk to whoever I want, you know? It's mine. I can do whatever nice. I want, and I've wanted to talk to you for a long time. Um, well, I, thank you. I have known you in the park for a lot of years. And, you know, run into you and see you out there and showing people wolves and everything else that's out there. Because, you know, you can never just sit and wait for wolves. There's always something else to, to you know, um, to focus on if you have to. But, um, you know, I just want to reach back really fast. When was you showed up into the park around, what, 2012 or was it sooner than that? A couple of years sooner, 2010, 2010, I showed up in the park and was lucky enough my very first year to spend my first summer um, from May until September actually living in Lamar Valley in the northern range of Yellowstone National Park. I lived and volunteered as a program assistant um, at the what is called the Yellowstone Institute, the Lamar Buffalo Ranch, and basically assisted field instructors who taught all aspects of Yellowstone National Park, a lot of that being revolving around wolves in Yellowstone National Park. That was my first year, and then lived the next four years still in the park, but at Mammoth Hot Springs, and uh, working as... Working in the um, 
Park Bookstore there at the Albright Visitor Center in Mammoth Hot Springs. I did that for four years, living in the park. I was going out every day uh, to see wolves, and I was starting then to get an idea how passionate visitors were about Yellowstone wolves. They would come in. I was learning stories. I would start talking about the stories of Yellowstone wolves. And when I saw the excitement on their face and the way they responded, it just, it encouraged me to get more and more involved. And I eventually became a guide in the park and worked for Yellowstone Wolf Tracker for about four years. And so ended up being in Yellowstone National Park for a total of uh, 10 years. That's a heck of a that's a heck of a time frame. I mean, just to be able to get into the park. I was in the park um and worked in the park uh in 2011. I was one of those I said forget it, I'm going to make no money and go work um at the uh, uh the general store actually in Mammoth. So I was up there uh throughout that uh-huh. of, uh, spring and summer. But so I when you're there and you're living there, it changes yeah. everything, doesn't it? I mean, you it sure does. You yep. become so polarized in your own self. I think for me, it was probably one of the, no, not probably, it was the most connected I've ever been to just even me by being, you know, having that ability ah. to be in the park the way I was and to have that just complete sense of nature at all costs, at all time. And so to me, I, it just amazed me. Um, so you I'm, and, Yeah, I know. It's just amazing. Oh, so, go ahead. No, I apologize. So you, I mean, you worked um, for Yellowstone Wolf Tracker as a guide, and I think I saw you probably mostly out there doing that, um, was yeah. guiding and stuff. I was out almost every day. Yeah. 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 And, you know, your enthusiasm. The thing I love about you, and this is what I've always, you know, wanted to be a guide. I always thought it would be the greatest thing, is that you you just exude that excitement and that, that you know, just what you had said, that passion um, it comes through, and it to me that makes that makes a guide a re, you know that makes you the perfect guide because you make everybody else around you feel it too, and so that's what I love about you. And you're an amazing spot, so <laughs> that that helps an awful lot as well for sure. But as you continue Thanks. going on, you obviously you you made some pretty good uh, pretty good connections while you were there. I mean, Jeff ha- Jim Halfpenny. You know, that's a, that's, Jim's pretty amazing guy and has a lot of, uh, um, well, his experiences are amazing. Um, but, and you got involved with, you know, him and, and, and some other stuff. So when did you start? Cause I really, you know, I just want to pound on the, the family tree cause I love, love, love the wolf family tree and what that has brought to the wolf world. Um, so anybody no. out there. The Wolf Family Tree, it helps you basically trace back every wolf in the park um, through its lineage. So can you just kind of, when did that start? And what made you what made you really take on a venture like that? Yeah, thanks. Um, well, like you said, I was lucky enough to be working with Jim Halfpenny. Uh, we really, I mean, we got to know each other when I was a program assistant at the ranch and he was teaching field courses out there. And I was lucky enough to be on a number of those courses with him. Uh, but we really started working together in 2012 um, when the two of us, we when I co-authored with him a book called 
Badgers of Lamar, uh, uh, Badgers of Lamar Valley Yellowstone National Park. That was our first publication. We went on to produce a couple other publications together after that. But um, so we started working together in 2012. And then in a, at about 2015, we came together one day. I'm not sure exactly how this happened, but I would have been actually, let me mention this first. So Jim Halfpenny has been working on what are called wolf charts for the park for 25 years. So from 1995 to the present day, Jim creates wolf, wolf charts. And those charts are kind of a, it gives you information about the members of the pack, kind of a pack synopsis, if you will, yep. and kind of and lists their territory. And it's kind of a field guide that you can hold, a laminated guide you can hold in your hand and be out there in the park and get an idea of the wolves that you're looking at through your binoculars or your spotting scope. Yep. And I started uh, working with Jim in 2012 as well on those wolf charts. Three years later, he and I are coming together, and um, he mentions to me, you know, Leo, have have you ever have you been thinking about how we might be able to make wolves more accessible beyond being able to purchase this chart, and um, how we might go about that? And I had, coincidentally enough, been having the very same thought. I had been starting to publish stories about the wolves of Yellowstone. And was starting to get a lot of feedback from people, you know, where where can where can we access this information? This this kind of knowledge exists in your head and is available to us when you share it. But it would be great if we could access something like that um, on a regular basis. And so we came together and explored a number of options, and it turned out that the um, genealogy site Ancestry.com turned out to be our best option. So we contacted Ancestry.com and actually got special permission to create a family tree of non-humans. And we began the process of figuring out how to represent the genealogy of wolves through a family tree that is geared toward humans. So one example a uh, humorous example of that is the response that we would get from Ancestry Trees um, automatic prompts when we were trying to list a two-year-old female giving birth to six offspring. <laughs> and you can imagine the the kind of red flags that would come up for Ancestry, and we had to work around that. Um, yeah, the it was it was amazing the the relationships of the wolves are so complex that we had to plot it out from a very beginning point and then create the tree and build it outward. And what we did is we created each wolf has a profile. Um, That profile consists of a photograph of the wolf, um, a life story, which is, uh, you know, a number of paragraphs long story about the life of that wolf and then the pedigree, the genealogy of those wolves. Who was that wolf, that particular wolf's mother and father? Who was that particular wolf's, we will use the term spouse, uh, because those are the terms that Ancestry still uses. They're not going to use alpha mate or anything like that. So we do have to deal with, you know, like 
spouse and children are the terms that still exist in ancestry. And we leave it up to you to know that we mean, you know, alpha uh, mate or uh, offspring in those scenarios. And um, we were, we soon realized the enormity of this task yeah. to get all of these roles yeah, onto this family tree was going to be huge. An example is today we have over 1,200 wolves on the tree. So it was, it was an enormous undertaking. And we decided that we would get a core of individuals, experts together who have a very good knowledge of uh, the Yellowstone wolves and um, their stories, their life stories, and who they're related to. And two individuals came out, and that was myself and Shauna Barron. Mm -hmm. And um, the two of us, what we did is Jim and I started a Kickstarter campaign and raised money to create funds so that Shauna and I and one other person who entered all the pups could get um, – so we could get paid for contributing this enormous amount of time we were going to have to do uh, contribute for the for the project, and we ended up um, working boy, uh, I would say eight hours a day January through May of 2016. So it was huge, and uh, the popularity of this particular Kickstarter campaign was great. I mean, people, you know, when they heard what we wanted to do and do how we wanted to, we raised $26,000 in no time. And so it was, it was a very successful Kickstarter campaign and we built on it from there. Um, to, to, I guess I would say as of today, so we've got all the wolves represented on the tree uh, from 1995 to the wolves you see on the landscape today. So 26 years worth of wolves, uh, the deepest generation that I've found is nine generations deep, um, which is pretty significant. That's that's not a single wolf that's given birth to multiple litters, but a wolf that gives birth to a litter, and the offspring of that wolf gives birth to a litter. So that that's kind of how a generation breaks out. And so today, uh, the Yellowstone Wolf Family Tree is ancestry. Ancestry.com's largest and most unique family tree with 600 human guests. I don't think there's a tree that even comes close to that as far as uh, <laughs> guests on the tree and over and featuring the life stories and genealogy of over 1,200 Yellowstone wolves. So it's been quite, quite the undertaking and we're very proud of it. And I'm still getting anywhere from five to 10 requests to join the tree every year or every week. It is. And so I those have, are still rolling in. It's amazing. So um, for me, I mean, I go way back um, into the park and my, my favorite pack and then thus, you know, their offspring has grown quite a bit um, was the Hayden Valley pack. And so mm. I, I have my connection with the Haydens. I have my, you know, Nice. Backpacked with them. They were fun. They play. It was just an amazing time back, back in the you know, two thousand four through two two thousand seven, was pretty much exactly that, yeah. that heyday. And you know, five forty and five forty one, the alpha female and alpha male. They were just 
amazing. It was an amazing time. And then their offspring, the canyons, and then we go to the Wapitis and so on and so forth. So that ability to go back and find out that, you know, 541, um, you know, she came from the, or excuse me, 540 came from like the Nez Perce pack. And then it goes back, back. And so you can find out literally where they came from um, as far as the, you know, the, the reintroduction goes. And, uh, you know, in, in uh, British Columbia, um, some came from the Yellowstone, you know, that kind of a thing. So it's really, really intense. Um, and I love it. So it's just, it's nice to know when you, as you had said, you know, that passion that people who follow wolves and, and, and everybody I think that I've ever shown wolves to has become passionate about it. It's kind of one of those things, but you can follow your, your wolves and you can, you know yeah. where they came from. It's amazing. It's amazing. It's amazing. So I really, really quick, I just want to throw this out there though. How, how do people become a member of the Yellowstone wolf genealogy, the, the family tree? Yeah. Right, right. So to join those 600 human guests as a guest of the tree, what you're going to want to do is go to our web portal, which is Wolf Genes, and that's genes as in DNA, G-E-N-E-S, so Wolf, W-O-L-F-G-E-N-E-S dot info. From there, from that web portal, you're going to select the Ancestry tab. Then scroll down to the invitation section and follow the simple uh, instructions for requesting to be a guest of the tree. Pretty simple. It's very simple. And I'll make sure we have that out there. But it's really, really, really worth it. And the best part is, um, you know, this is a continuation. It's not just something that's stagnant. It, did, it didn't just happen. And you guys continue to add this um, to the tree. So it just keeps yeah. going and going and going and going and going. Um, right. So, I mean, that's a heck of an undertaking just to continue with this because as anybody knows, and if they don't, um, you know, wolves lives change from moment to moment, from day to day. Um, yeah. it's always ever changing. And, you know, we kind of grabbed that. I think actually when we were talking, you, you know, you talked about the wolf charts and, you know, I have every single one of them. I've got, you know, I've got my books. I've got, you know, the craziness that I have there with that. But um, with those wolf charts, they're really nice. But when they're put out in the springtime, by the time they're out, some things can change on those. And I think we knew that with the Druids was a good one to think about. Yeah. And that time frame where it was like, I think, um, if I remember correctly, I think there may have been a second one put out that summer at the end of the Druid pack. And it was like with X's through some of them because they were, you know, they had deceased. They were gone. Right. Um, exactly. Which was kind of an interesting thing, but I love those charts. It gives you just such a great, a great idea. And it's like you said, it's that handheld thing. And you can get those at the, um, at the bookstores. You can get them throughout the you park can. in that aspect. Um, and even through, um, certain places in Gardner and, and uh, West and places like that. But um, all the bookstores and, and all that, you can buy those. They're, I don't know what they're up to now, maybe five ninety five or six ninety five, something like that, a, a chart. Um, right. You've also got the 25, what was it, the 25th uh, anniversary edition of that oh, as yes. well, which is really awesome because right. that's in one book. 
which is really great and gives you a synopsis of what's been going on over the last 25 years. Exactly. So and it's a, it's a, a compilation. You're right. A compilation of both the wolf charts and the Yellowstone wolf family tree. So the first half is all the charts where you can see how packs have changed from year to year. And then the second half is uh, the life stories of all the wolves that were in the Yellowstone wolf family tree at the time of this uh, 2020, January 2020 release of this book, which um, is, like you said, it's a, it's called Charting Yellowstone Wolves, the 25th anniversary edition. And these, the, the charts themselves and the book would actually be available uh, easily online if anybody was interested um, through Jim Halfpenny's website, which is called tracknature.com. Tracknature.com is is for uh, Jim Halfpenny's site. And that way you'll yep. be able to get both the charting Yellowstone wolves as well as the um, as well as the, the wolf charts themselves, which for those of us, because of COVID, this is the first year in what, 16, 17 years that I haven't been to the park. And it's killed me. Trust me, it's been painful for me. So I didn't get my chart this year. I didn't get all sorts of stuff. (laughs) So I'm kind of right. So I'll be uh, I'll be sending my money into uh, to that site myself. Um, Yeah. Out of curiosity, you were in the park so much, and I'm uh, this is you know obviously part of the, the the wolf chart and the wolf family tree and everything else that you've done. Um, but you've been in the park so much, and I know, you know, you spend a lot of probably most of your time in Lamar Valley, right? Would you say? Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you were there with 06. You were there, you know, throughout, you know, the Lamar Canyon as far as, you know, the 06 years, which we both know were, were short-lived in so many ways in the way she passed. And let me rephrase that, died, um, killed. Yeah. I can keep yeah. going, but I'll yeah. stop. Um but so you've seen so many of those changes, the good, the bad, the sad. Um, but if was there one wolf, I mean, for me, there's many, but there's the one that was just special and closest to my heart. So who, who, if there was one, what, what was the wolf that was closest to yours and why? That would have, yeah, that would have to be. Uh, the Canyon Alpha Female. Yeah. You're the daughter of that yeah. very wolf of the Hayden, the Alpha Female yeah. of the Hayden Valley Pack that she's, you mentioned, 540. She's daughter of 540 and Alpha Male. Yeah, 541. Um, it seemed like from the moment I arrived in the park uh, until her untimely death in 2017, yeah. oh, she, it, I was having encounters with her and her pack members on a regular basis. When I lived in Mammoth, they actually traveled into the Mammoth area regularly. Um, this is, a, they actually hunted elk around uh, the trailer I lived in, in this employee area that's kind of off of Mammoth that not a lot of people know about, which is why the wolves felt pretty comfortable around that area. And there were a number of nights where they had taken down an elk very close to where I lived, and I could hear them howling, not only howling at night, but communicating in various intonations with each other. And 
I would have encounters like that. One of my encounters in, um, oh boy, 2011, last day of November, 2011, I was on a backcountry hike with a friend and uh, we were off trail hiking along and all of a sudden we heard a wolf howling and we, we both got quiet and they started tiptoeing around this tree and took a look. And there was a young gray wolf, had a little bit of mange. Mange is a um, disease that wolves get. It's a mite that actually digs under the skin, causing the wolves to scratch and lose their hair. Unfortunately, mange was introduced by humans in the 1920s when they were trying to eradicate coyotes and wolves from the landscape. And it exists in various forms in the wild to this day. Um, yeah. But uh, so we're watching this wolf howl. And then out of the corner comes a black collared wolf ah, and turned out to be the older sister of this gray wolf. Her name was she was known. Her AKA name was Daddy's Girl. She yeah. was the daughter of the alpha male of the Canyon Pack 712 and the Canyon Alpha Female, uh, called Daddy's Girl because of the amount of affection she always showed to her father. Her collar number, radio collar number, was 831. So she comes on the scene. The two of them are pretty close to us at this point. We're watching them. And all of a sudden, I'm taking pictures out of, out of the corner of my eye. I see something white coming close and it's the Canyon alpha female and uh, things progress. She came very close to us. We're standing still. Um, and uh, she came with, let me think one other member with her, another gray wolf. So we had four wolves and then I felt like we were starting to, they were looking at us. And I told my companion, you know, let's back up a little bit and give them some space and watch them from a distance if we can. And so I'm walking backwards up this hill and getting further away. And I hear some noise behind me and I turn in time to see 712, the alpha male, with four other members right behind me. And they all turn and look at me at the same time. And it was pretty incredible. They stopped and looked for a moment and then cruised onward. So basically, the two of us had all nine members of the canyon pack flow around us and very close to us in this amazing backcountry encounter. And I like to emphasize to people that at no point was I afraid. In fact, I knew that wolves don't attack people. Unless, you know, there are extreme circumstances, very, very rare, the rarest of all attacks on humans. And um, uh, that I actually would have been more nervous had nine elk been as close to me and flowing around us as as these wolves were. And so we watched them. They continued to move on ahead toward the area we were planning to hike. And so we gave up the hike, not wanting to bother them any further, started coming down. There was a line of cars down at the road below us, all with their spotting scopes out and watching the wolves, including the Yellowstone Wolf Project. And as we were coming down the hill, I could see the, um, the associate director of the Yellowstone Wolf Project, Dan Staler, smiling at me. And as I came down, he said, Leo, I bet that's a hike you will always remember. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. 
And that's one thing I also want to say. um, We, I do want to emphasize that we couldn't have done any of this Yellowstone wolf family tree um, and know for certain the genetic relationships with wolves without uh, the information that we were lucky enough to get from the Yellowstone Wolf Project. So they were immeasurably helpful in the whole process of the, the creation of this tree and the continuing revelations, genetic revelations that we keep finding out about uh, connections of wolves and, and uh, how that progresses. Yeah, that whole social and science combination, they're necessary. You know, um, you need that science base to, to, to further what you're doing with the social aspect of it. And I think it's really important. And, um, you know, Dan and Aaron and Doug, obviously, um, and the whole crew, they do such amazing work, um, the science aspect of it. And yeah. um, really, you know, we can we can talk about radio callers, we can talk about all those things, but honestly, you know, we know more about wolves today um, because of them, because of the reintroduction of wolves um, than we ever did. And um, it's too bad. I mean, as you said, it, it's such a true story. And I've, I've, I'm with you 100%. I've been in situations where, you know, um, the same scenarios where where I've been in close proximity um, from them popping out here and there. And I've never, ever, ever did I feel threatened. As a matter of fact, there was one point where I was just like, oh, come on. You're supposed to be the big (laughs) bad wolf. And you just like (laughs) winced like a little kid and ran away because you saw me and I saw you, you know. They're just very misunderstood creatures. And, um, yeah. You know, I bison scare the living hell out of me. I've been in situations there. Elk, there. That's an unpredictable. Um, wolves, I think, have right. an innate an innate fear of humans, and for good reason. And so, um, yeah. I would really just yeah. rather not. But that's a beautiful encounter, and I get it. I mean, she to me, um, is so completely. Um, I hate to say this because it, it's just that whole thing but she is such a co- a great combination of, of her mom and her dad she was like the perfect combination of the two yeah um, in i how agree she looks and acts you know or acted i should say um and her daughter looks more like her grandmother now than any of them which i found just yeah just that... amazing to me but exactly i don't know if... yeah i don't know if your audience knows but so um, out to the 540 was a white wolf. The Canyon Alpha female, her daughter, was a white wolf. And the existing Wapiti Lake Alpha female is a white wolf. So there is this gene that's being passed down from mother to daughter over three generations. And white wolves in Yellowstone are not a common thing. They're, oh. There's a, a, you know, a small number of them. And they're not born white like Arctic wolves. They are gray-coated wolves who, because of that genetic trait that gets passed on, their coat colors turn lighter and lighter with age, usually beginning around age four until finally, um, you know, they're as white as a a polar bear. It's amazing. And and 540 was, to me, and I, I... I, you know, I sound like a broken record, I know, to so many people because I, 
I loved these wolves so much. And she was the epitome of strength and um, she was so beautiful. I mean, you could see the femininity in her. I, that is, again, that is totally, totally coming from a human being's perspective. But she was feminine and strong. She was the ultimate, ultimate wolf to me. Um, and she passed that down, you know, definitely to the canyon female, um, alpha female. Yeah. And I think that, you know, she wore it even better. Um, and her death still eats at me and rips my heart out. Um, but I'll get over that in a yeah. second again, because she was the alpha Canyon alpha female was poached. Um, she was shot, um, right inside the park boundaries as, and it was definitely a, uh, a message of hate. Um, she was 12 yeah. years old and the, yeah. uh, one of the oldest wolves in the park. Yeah. She was just amazing. And I'm, you know, again, it's just, just, it's so sad because she, the, you know, her 712, they were an amazing love story um, and a great family story as far as raising their pups and raising, you know, everybody had their time. And, and each pack, um, it's just, they, they were amazing. And so to see her go the way she did just shreds me. And uh, yeah, there's a lot it was of money out there. To say the least. Yeah, there's a lot of money out there. There sure is. Wolves of the Rockies yep. alone, we've got $12,000 sitting there waiting for somebody to just say, hey. And that would be in conjunction. Also, we'd throw that in with everybody else's. There's a lot, like almost 40, 45 grand, I think, sitting out there just waiting yep, for somebody to come right. forward. Um, so, again, if there's anybody out there that knows who did it, please let us know. Um, I think that's yeah, a really that would be thing. wonderful. But I'm sitting yep. here actually looking at her photo um, on the front of your calendar, which I don't want to get to yet because I really, really, really also want to talk about um, your books that you wrote, the story of wolves of Yellowstone, and the ones that ah. you did. I, you know, you just you've got your hands in these wolves, and I love it, and I just want people to know where they can get them and where they can see them. So let's talk about those a little bit and the wolves that you've covered. Okay, that sounds great. So um, definitely I uh, co-authored uh, Charting Yellowstone Wolves, which we've already mentioned, the 25th anniversary. Um, I wrote a number of other books as well uh, for our Kickstarter campaign. Each, um, they were, um, there were three books. And uh, they were each featuring uh, three famous members of the Lamar Canyon pack, uh, starting off with the 06 female. Uh, 832 was a radio collar number. Uh, did a book on her life story. Did a book on the life story of her mate, uh, Wolf 755, uh, who actually was the only wolf in Yellowstone National Park, the only male wolf in Yellowstone National Park to found two different packs. Actually, I'll stick with the only wolf to found two different packs um, in the history of Yellowstone National Park. And um, recent genetic information had come to light. So we, for the long time, for the longest time, he and his brother, 754, 
were these mystery wolves that we thought came down from the north and um, were initially being courted by the Druid Peak females that were left uh, as that pack was beginning to dissolve and disperse in 2009. Uh, but they were drawn to the 06 female and ended up staying with her. The third book was is on uh, the 06 female and 755's very famous daughter, 926. And so I wrote those three books, uh, did a number of ancestral posters as well created that you could actually put on your wall uh, featuring some famous wolves, 926 being one of them, 970, one of the early alpha females of the Junction Butte pack, and Wolf 1091, who was the darling of the Wapiti Lake Pack, daughter of the Wapiti, first first litter, uh, female from the first litter of uh, the Wapiti Alpha female, and uh, 755 in 2015. Yeah, yeah. Um, So those are a couple publications I've done. And then recently I put together... uh, a Celebrating Wolves 2021 calendar. Um, It's a calendar that features 12 pretty nice photos that I've taken of wolves over the years that I've been lucky enough to be close enough to to get uh, good photographs of over the years. Uh, Kind of a synopsis of their story or a little portion of their story. But also the calendar has... um, dates that I researched extensively that basically represent a celebration of wolves in North America. So in this calendar, you would find the date that the first dire wolf specimen was discovered uh, on the banks of the Ohio River. You would have the date that the wolves from Ontario first crossed the ice bridge to Isle Royal to settle to first settle that island. Um, also included would be OR7, another famous wolf from outside the park. Um, mm-hmm. OR7's first entry into California. Other other significant dates, I'll throw out a couple others. There was a the date that Wolf 21, Rick McIntyre's new book is out, The Reign of yes. Wolf 21. The actual date that Wolf 21 became the alpha male of the Druid Peak Pack was an amazing six-hour encounter, tense encounter with the existing alpha female, Wolf 40, of the Druid Pack, who was known to be a very uh, almost tyrannical leader of her pack. She was, as Doug Smith says, uh, in in the in the film that Bob Landis created about her Valley of the Wolves, mm-hmm. Doug Smith says she would wake up every morning and say, "I'm going to go out and do something today. I'm yeah. maybe I'm going to kill a coyote. I'm going to take down an elk. I might have a I might take on another wolf pack." But she was always, you know, she was a very very engaged wolf. And this six-hour courtship where he finally won her over, Bob Landis was there along with the Wolf Project uh, filming this and uh, lucky enough to catch it on film and quite the dramatic event. So those are a couple examples of the dates that um, 
that exist in this calendar that you can purchase and have on your wall and be able to, you know, have a, a, deep, a nice photo of a wolf in a given month and a plus significant dates within the month. Well, I tell you, I'm holding it and I'm going through it. And I told you this when I got it. So for me, I wanted it because I wanted the pictures of the wolves and a calendar. And when I got it, I couldn't put it down. And I've gone through every single month. I don't know how many times I've done it, but I've gone through it quite a bit. But there's a lot of information on just one calendar. And the pictures are amazing. They're great, great photos for one. But just Literally, January alone, you know, I, I think about this now. I'm like, oh, my God, you know, all these dates are so significant. But you've got, just to, just to put it out there, um, January 12th, 1995, first eight wolves arrive in Yellowstone National Park from Alberta, Canada. That happened on January 12th, 1995, and, and it's in the calendar. So all these dates, all of these dates are, are just filled with so much information, and then the photos – they're just they're they're great. I my favorite one of my favorites I guess is two dot, um in March. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just two dot was just I don't know just a love. But um and then obviously March March seventh. Uh, What's happened on March seventh, twenty twenty one? March seventh, twenty twenty. Charting 2021. Yellowstone Wolves. Yeah, twenty twenty. Charting oh. Yellowstone Wolves twenty fifth anniversary was released. Oh yeah, that yeah. is right. See. That's when that book came out, correct? Yeah. yeah, so I got some dates in there of when, you know, significant significant uh, publications about wolves were released and things like that, uh, publications by, you know, individuals like, yeah. yep, the exactly. The Wisdom of Wolves by Jim Dutcher um, was released. Mm -hmm. You know, to me, the big one for me, like 1995 on March uh, 21st, in 1995, the Crystal Creek and Rose Creek pens were opened. Um, and oh yeah, ten was the first to emerge. That's a whole nother story, um, which I'm in love yep. with. But yeah, so my thought, I really, you know, I, I I I got my calendar and I expected photos of wolves. I did not expect to have the education and just the knowledge that you put into this. So um, it's not just a calendar. It is literally, I mean, a, a month to month, a day to day. Um, experience and it's it's a learning experience so i highly suggest anybody and now it's it's the beginning of the year but grab this calendar it is phenomenal and leo what's the best way to do it what's the best way to get this calendar well unfortunately it's kind of a long url but i'll give it to you I'll uh the easiest way to, okay so the easiest way is to go to my home page which does is a little long, but I'll give it to you. It is Leo Lecky, and that's L E O L E C K I E dot Wixite W I X S I T E dot com forward slash home forward slash publications. Now, if you do forward slash home, you're going to get to the site and you can select publications from there, so you don't have to type the whole thing out. Perfect. And that will take you at the very top is that particular calendar. Yeah, it's it's truly amazing. And like the front cover of it is just a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful shot of the alpha female of the canyon uh, pack. And uh, she's, yeah. So that, yeah, that it, was from uh, that encounter that I had 
that's that, that shot on the front cover. I was going to ask you that. Was that that day or was this something different? Because it's just. Yep, that was that specific day. Yeah. God, she's so gorgeous. She just, she was such an incredible, such an incredible animal. And, um, you know, produced so much. And 712, underestimated. He was the best guy, truly. Um, yep. I had. Uh, they yeah. were a remarkable t- uh, pair. They actually are the longest known alpha pair in the history of Yellowstone National Park. The two of them were together for almost nine years. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, I mean, she was taken from us. She was almost, uh, boy, she was 12 years old when she was taken from us. Mm -hmm. She had actually given birth to a litter of pups when she was 11 years old. She was a remarkable, remarkable wolf, and they were a remarkable pair, to be sure. I think they were definitely the... um when I would sit and I would talk to people and show them um, the wolves over in Hayden Valley years and years ago, and I would tell my story. I had one woman, I think she was from Ohio, and she sat there for the longest time and just listened and listened and listened, and I probably said the same stories over and over because people would ask over and over. And she looked at me and she goes, my God, it's like a Cinderella story. She said, I'm just mesmerized by it because, you know, we all speculate how her, you know, and 712 got together and, you know, the whole scenario and, and, and how it played out. And they just were. They were an incredible pair. And, and, yeah. and, and they raised some amazing wolves. And, um, you know, not to throw this back, but I had an encounter with 712 when I actually came into the park um, in 2011. And I was in Hayden Valley. I was by myself. And it was that was the year. I mean, literally, we had mountains of snow in the park, mountains of snow. And um, you know, in in the m- middle of May, it was still just too deep. And uh, I just happened to be yeah. in uh, Hayden Valley up at uh, uh, Grizzly Overlook, and I was just sitting there, and there was this grizz sitting out across the the river right there, up on the knob, and. You're just kind of sitting like a teddy bear. And I thought, God, this is so funny. And I was by myself, so I just kind of kicked back and was watching. And here comes 712 just trotting over, just trotting by himself. And I thought, wow, what's going to happen? What's going to happen? And I sat there and watched, and he started just kind of stretching, you know, the doggy down thing right next to the bear. And the bear just kind of stood, you know, sat there. And it's like they were talking to each other, you know, like, hey, Joe. You know, how you doing? You know, yeah, I don't want to go back to the den, the wives, the kids, they're driving me crazy. You know, it was just this bizarre encounter between this grizzly bear and 712. And it's almost like they were kind of, I don't know, I, I again, you know, we, we play these games sometimes as humans, wondering what these animals are doing, but it, they were almost playing. And both of them laid down, and then... Uh, 712 got up and just sauntered back off towards the den like, gosh, I guess I better get back. You know, she's probably going to wonder where I'm at. But just the strangest thing, and I thought, sat there and watched them for the longest time. And the minute he took off, I went, where the hell's my camera? Why have I not been getting this? But you know what? I wouldn't have traded it for the world because it was, you know, I didn't miss a moment of this bizarre encounter between this grizzly bear that probably just woke up and... 712 who didn't want to go home because you know he could play that game pretty easily sometimes and when he was mm-hmm. a little younger um he kind of left her up to some stuff he was more fun but yeah just um yeah the 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 packs the calendar 
your books. I mean, there's so many things that, that you've done. Are you, you're still doing the work, but you're not in Yellowstone anymore. Are you still going back or have you just decided to move on and do something different? No, I'm actually still doing the work. I'm just not on site as much. Uh, of course, with the pandemic, um, any plans to visit Yellowstone, I've put on hold yeah. um, until we get to a place where things improve. But definitely my plan to go back, and I'm still writing stories three times a week for a site called, I'm a feature writer for a site called The 06 Legacy on Facebook. And I'm writing stories and about wolves. I've probably got, boy, I'd say two to three dozen um, life stories that I've written about Yellowstone wolves that it can exist beyond the tree itself, are not necessarily taken just from the tree, but represent insights and knowledge um, from somebody who's been fortunate enough to work on the tree and get the most amazing of educations in the process of, of working on the tree the way I've had, uh, I've been able to. And, uh, oh, where was I going with this? So you're, you've got, so you're on the 06, le- excuse me, 06 Legacy page, which, by the way, you guys are amazing. Um, and, you know, we've got... Uh, um, relationships outside, but I truly, I absolutely, you know, the 06 legacy has always been wonderful. You guys have been great there. Right. Your stories there are great. You can also, people can go to um, the Yellowstone Wolf Family Tree um, on Facebook as well. You have a site, uh, a webpage there as well. We sure do. Yeah, we sure do. And so I you helped to jog my memory as to why I was mentioning all this. I'm still very involved um, and lucky enough to be in communication with the Yellowstone Wolf Project and other individuals and working the way I do on the Yellowstone Wolf Family Tree has allowed me to discover relationships, find new information. And so I'm still publishing stories about uh, Yellowstone National Park's wild wolves, uh, the most of the most uh, successful wildlife experiment, I would say, in the 20th century, without a doubt. I agree. The the restoration of wolves to Yellowstone National Park. Your stories are great. You know, I mean, I get all of them um, on Facebook, and they're so shareable, and they're so enlightening. And um, it's hmm, it's not just a learning experience with you. It's... It's a, it's this, it's a complete experience. You, there's emotion in your stories. There's feeling, there's depth. It's not just a two-dimensional thing when you write. So you're very three-dimensional and it's so heartwarming. And in some, you know, I mean, that's the beauty about you is that you exude love and that's what comes out in your stories. And so for me, I thank you for that. Um, and I think for anybody well, and anybody you. else, um, you're just a beautiful person all, all the way around. But your writing is just, it's just amazing. And, you know, again, 06 Legacy, that's all you have to look up. The two, uh, numeral zero, numeral six, Legacy. And you can find um, Leo's uh, stories there. Um, also, the Yellowstone Family Tree, that's another one um, on Facebook. So these are just ways that you can... You know, you can kind of get in and follow Leo and, and, you know, be able to 
um, really get in touch. My question for, for, for this is my own personal, personal one. Are you going to do a story on the Canyon female? Are you going to do a, um, a story of wolves of Yellowstone like you did with those six and, and maybe do one for, I don't know, 540, maybe do Canyon <laughs> female and then the Wapiti female. I'm, I'm just saying, if you want legacy, yeah, Leo, that's legacy right there. That is that is definitely legacy and is Just definitely saying. something that I have been uh, planning is actually to to compile the three into into a publication and um, get that out there so everybody can become aware of this amazing story. Things just to give you one example of the things that this this the amazing things we learn from wolves so when the wapiti lake pack was founded in 2015 when 755 and the wapiti alpha female the daughter of the canyon alpha female came together this remarkable thing happened her parents the canyon alpha female and 712 actually moved their territory to the west over closer to the old faithful area and gave basically Hayden Valley to their daughter to start her own pack. I mean, when when revelations like that come forward and you learn all of these amazing things about wolves, I I, I can't help but be passionate about it. Yeah. And it's probably why you mentioned, say, the things that you do is because I'm fortunate enough to unlearn the things I do about about wolves and how they live their lives and the amazing things they do that I can't help but be passionate when I want to share that. Well, we all appreciate it. I know I do. And, you know, everybody out there that reads your stories, that has the, um, you know the 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 family tree aspect of things. I mean, just that alone is just information that's that's truly it, it's such a feat, such a, an amazing thing that you've done, and and um, you and Jim put together, and so on and so forth. But your stories, the stories of the wolves, um, you know, oh six, seven fifty five, seven fifty four, just that trio alone, those stories um, are just beautiful. But your stories that you put out on 06 Legacy. I look forward to them. So every time you see one come out, I'm like, oh, and I read it, and then I have to post it because I want everybody to know, and I want everybody, I wish everybody could feel what we feel and and yeah. to, to be able to have been touched by um, these animals truly changes lives. And I say that not, it's, it's not just an easy thing to say. Oh, I don't know how to put that. It truly is. Wolves change people. They change their views. Yeah. They change how they see things and life and themselves. And um, I just did a podcast with Suzanne Stone, and Suzanne and I both, it's just this, it's an amazing way to look within. There's something about wolves that make you see within. And I think that that is a gift that they've given me. And it's a gift that I will fight my last breath for, you know, that's how much they mean to me. And it comes through in you as well. And I get that. And your gift is, 
is fighting, but your gift is writing, and your gift is is it's constantly giving out. And the calendars, I cannot stress enough. They are wonderful. I love them. Um, your stories, keep writing them. What else do you got going on? Is there something else happening in the near future or in the future future that you know that you've got going on, or you're just waiting to get back to Yellowstone so that we can go out and play in the field again? I definitely am anxious to get back to Yellowstone and get back out there. And actually, finally, you know, it's been two years and I, I definitely would love to see some wolves for myself once again and actually get the feel of, you know, a, a pack and the dynamics that exist within that pack. Um, I've been getting a lot of feedback from people asking if I will put my stories into a book and I've been playing around with that idea and thinking how I might make that work, whether, whether it is indeed a book or it becomes maybe a 2022 or a 2022 calendar where it still has those dates, but then we'll have a photon. We'll actually have the life story of a wolf on there or some significant story of a wolf or a wolf pack or something within that calendar or, or a book or both. So that's kind of where I'm at right now and definitely anxious to get back to Yellowstone National Park and see the wolves there for sure. Um, here in Oregon, we definitely have wolves and yes. I have yet to, um, you know, see a, an Oregon wolf in the wild. Where I lived in California for a while. We had the Lawson pack there, which has been a pack that has been around for four years um, and had successive litters in Northern California, uh, never got to see those wolves. So I would uh, love to see some wolves here. Speaking of Susan, uh, Suzanne Ashes Stone, she was, uh, I don't know if she mentioned this during the interview, but she was on the ground when the wolves were hard released in Idaho. Yep. And yeah, she was a, a big part of that. And, you know, one of the dates I have in my calendar that, that is one of the, the one of the first four wolves released. His his collar number was B two M, but he was known as Chat Chat. Yes. C H A T C H double A T. He lived to be the oldest known wolf in the wild, thirteen years, eight months old. We talked about him. He was definitely one of her favorites and um, meant a lot to her. So that's amazing. Yeah. Have to, does Suzanne know that? It's in the it's in the calendar? I don't think she does. Well, I'm going to let her know. We're going to be doing another one. Um, we're actually going to uh, put together another podcast because I, I wanted to, you know, highlight a lot of what she's done and what she's doing. And um, Yeah, she's doing amazing she's, things. Yeah. God, she's amazing. And she's, uh, but she's, we want to do another, uh, probably a few podcasts, but we're going to do another one really trying to highlight a lot of the um, the people that were really um, helpful within the reintroduction as well. And maybe Great. we might do something a little crazy like a, uh, a video cast and try to get all these characters together. And I'll just sit back and watch the craziness happen. You know, that's kind of what I, my plan is. But, yeah, it was really – I'm going to have to let her know. She'll love that. But, well, I'm excited. Here's my theory. Put your, put your stories in a book. I think it, that in and of itself would be – you know, a great, I, I hate the word coffee table book, but it is that constant go-to, you know what I mean? And yeah. that's what coffee table books yeah. are for. Your stories are great. Please keep writing them. 
And if anybody, by the way, are you going to be going back to Yellowstone and um, doing the uh, tours? Are you going to go back to doing that? No, you're, probably you're not. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, good. We'll spend some time together without having to be, you know, you don't have to be on for anybody else. You can just, you know, private tours with, with me and Mark and our significant others. We'll just go have fun. That sounds great. Yeah, that sounds perfect. I We'd love, love that. That sounds like a plan. Leo, I want to thank you again. I want to thank you for hanging out with me today. I want to thank you for everything that you do and have done. And again, keep the stories coming. Put them in a book. They are heartfelt and everyone should have them and everyone should read them. And um, I just absolutely adore you. And thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thank you very much. And the feeling is very very mutual. Um, keep doing what you're doing. Your advocacy for wolves, your, your warrior spirit for defending wolves, you and Mark and Wolves of the Rockies, everything you guys are doing is very important and very needed. And please, please keep it up. You guys are great. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We'll see you soon. Okay. Sounds great. Thanks. You bet. Wow, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, Leo's just a great guy. And if you're interested in Wolves of Yellowstone, I urge you to follow Leo Leckie. Um, and here's just some, you know, to become a guest on the family tree. Here's the information again, so you can do that. Uh, you can find the Wolf Family Tree on Facebook um, at Yellowstone Wolf Family Tree, or go to www.wolfgenes.info. That's www.wolfgenes.info. Um, follow the links through there, and you uh, uh, send the email out, and you'll get an invitation. Um, and you can then just go crazy and explore the stories and the bloodlines of Yellowstone's wolves uh, from, like I said, the introduction to today. Um, absolutely amazing. You can also find his wolf stories, which I really think is important. Go to our friend's Facebook page at The 06 Legacy. That's the, and that's 06, uh, the, the, the numerals, Legacy on Facebook. Um, you'll learn more about Leo and, you know, he's just, the stories I can't stress enough are just awesome. You get to know these wolves so much better. Um, you can also learn more about Leo and get his calendar, which I said the best calendar I've ever seen. Some of the greatest photos and the stories that go with some of these uh, um, wolves are just great, but the information on the calendars are just incredible. So you can also do that at Leo Leckie, that's L-E-O-L-E-C-K-I-E dot Wix site, W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash home. Once again, Leo Leckie, L-E-O-L-E-C-K-I-E dot W-I-X-S-I-T-E dot com forward slash home. You will learn about what he does, the stories, so many things just from that website alone. So I'm so excited for you guys to give uh, give these stories a chance in the Wolf Family Tree. Again, phenomenal. Um, I enjoyed the conversation. And as always, um, Leo, I cannot wait for the next story that you inspire me with. Thanks for going uh, uh, through this conversation with me and Leo. And as always, y'all, stay wild.
Hey, I want to thank our sponsors, SKB Cases. Um, I won't trust any of my camera equipment, or any of my equipment for that matter, um, when I'm traveling, boating, backpacking, any of those things. Only SKB Cases keep my equipment safe. So check them out at www.skbcases.com and let them know Wolves of the Rockies and all things Wolf and Wild sent you. Take care, everybody.